Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 827, Healing Doesn't Mean You Stop Crying, by Veronica Tugaleva of veronica.org. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD. I am your host and narrator, Greg Audino, here to read to you from some of the best relationship content around. As we know, with the beauty of relationships also comes inevitable pain, ha <laughs> Uh, therefore, understanding the recovery process is a big part of cultivating good and healthy relationships. Our author today, Veronica Tugaleva, is going to share some words of wisdom about the healing process and what it actually looks like, in spite of some of our flawed preconceptions. Let's hear her take and start optimizing your life. Healing Doesn't Mean You Stop Crying by Veronica Tugaleva of veronica.org A while ago, I saw a meme that said, if it still makes you angry, you're not over it. I wasn't bothered by this message when I first saw it. In many ways, I could get behind that idea. I had spent many years being angry about everything that had happened to me, and when I started healing, anger cracked open to show other, more vulnerable emotions. Fear, sadness, and even joy. What irked me was another meme that I started seeing recently. It said something like, If it still makes you cry, you're not over it. This did not line up with my experience of the world. No matter how much I've healed, I've continued to cry about the things that have wounded me. What changes is the reason I'm crying. A great example of this is my relationship to the letter I wrote to myself back in 2012. I decided to share this letter in Chapter 8 of The Art of Talking to Yourself, and from the very first drafts of the book, I cried every single time I read it. As you can imagine, this made editing difficult. I edit a lot. I've learned over the years that if I let my work sit until I lose my attachment to it, I can come back with fresh eyes and edit even better. With the art of talking to yourself, I vow to continue this process, edit, leave it, edit, leave it, etc., until I was only making tiny changes. Put in a comma, take out a comma, put in the word that, take it out, This took four years and hundreds, literally hundreds, of edits. And every single time I read that letter, it made me choke up. As I was reading, I would see the indented margins of the letter approaching. I'd feel tears starting to gather. As you can imagine, this became inconvenient. So I started skipping that passage. It was simply unproductive to end up so emotional every time I read that chapter. But even though I stopped reading it on every edit, I continued to feel moved by its presence. 
I remember on my first edit of the hard copy, my eyes watered when I flipped a page and saw the letter out of the corner of my eye. Then it came time to record the audiobook. A few weeks before going into the studio, I pondered my reaction to the letter. Would I cry when I recorded? Would my voice shake? Would this take away from the final product? And most importantly of all, why was I crying? There's another thing that's always made me cry to watch or even think about. In the notebook, there's that one scene in the rain when she accuses him of not writing to her. And he says, I wrote you 365 letters. I wrote you every day for a year. It wasn't over. It still isn't over. You know that speech, I'm sure. It tears me apart. They are the words she has so longed to hear and he has so longed to say. It's like a supernova, an explosion, a tearing down of the walls of illusion to find passion, love, and strength. That's how writing that letter to myself made me feel. It was like time stopped, and there was only me and myself in the rain, saying the most fiercely romantic words anyone had ever said or would ever say to me. My savior had finally come. She wasn't what I expected, but she swept me off my feet. That is why I cried, why I still cry. I cry because the memory of catharsis evokes cathartic feelings within me. I cry for all the pain I released by standing up and taking responsibility for loving myself, all the pain that so many people walk around with day to day. They are tears of joy, release, compassion, and love. So when I recorded reading that letter, yes, I cried, and yes, my voice shook, and no, it didn't harm the recording, I think it made it better. My family used to always tell me to stop crying, and whenever I would tear up, they would say, don't do that. When my grandfather describes happy people, he says, you know, the ones who never cry. It's nonsense. It's culturally ingrained nonsense, and it keeps us from healing. Tears are essential, for some more than others, but for all of us to some degree. Tears are emotional lubricant. They help us feel our lives, feel others' pain, feel the moment. Being open to life is a tear-jerking experience, and there is nothing bad about that. There are so many bodily functions that we jokingly claim are better in than out. I remember being in an Uber once and suppressing a sneeze when the driver told me, with concern in his voice, that it was dangerous to do that. He learned it in medical school. I think it is potentially dangerous to suppress any feeling, and much of our suppression begins and ends with our beliefs about what we should feel. The first meme said, if you're still angry, you're not over it. Maybe this is a harmful idea too. Maybe for some people, anger isn't toxic. Maybe it comes up to help them remember to set boundaries or fight for justice. If I end up in a situation that reminds me of the past, I might experience old anger bubbling up. Does that mean I'm not over it? Or could my emotions be trying to help me identify the similarity of my experiences and warn me that I might be repeating unhelpful patterns? The second meme said, If you're still crying, you're not over it. Maybe both parts of that sentence are wrong. Maybe the most dangerous belief of all is that we should get over it. Am I over my self-love issues? I write about my experiences. I coach people through their journeys, feeling the intensity of their pain with them. Sometimes I cry with them. Many of my poems chronicle my healing process. Every day I find new ways to relearn the same lessons. And I still cry, all the time. Does being over something require that I sort through my emotions and then quickly sweep the whole thing under the carpet, go on with my life, 
and never show anyone what happened or try to connect to people that it's still happening to? If that's being over it, count me out. I choose to feel. I'm not afraid of my emotions, and I will not stop crying. You just listened to the post titled, Healing Doesn't Mean You Stop Crying, by Veronica Tugaleva of veronica.org. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And thank you to Veronica for letting us share another great post of hers today. What I really love is the openness that her words are laced in. She's right in that we all express ourselves differently, and that even crying, with all the ideas we have about it being related to despair, has variation to it. While this is important to remember, especially when supporting others through particularly emotional episodes, it's of course important to consider within ourselves. Many of us do have the same age-old feelings about expression that Veronica's family does, but these ideas can be broken down if we simply have the patience to ask ourselves what's behind the outward expression. Don't be so quick to develop thoughts about your crying. First, ask what's underneath the crying. Where is it coming from? Is it all bad? And are you fully allowing yourself those feelings? In short, self-questioning and self-awareness will help you to better understand what's behind certain outward manifestations of feelings, and the better you understand them, the better you heal in all situations. All right, now that is going to do it for today. Thank you so much for being here, friends. I appreciate your time as always, and I will be back with you tomorrow with a post about how to connect with others better. Surely an important foundation for forming good relationships. So don't miss out. I'll talk to you all then, where your optimal life awaits.